Scott surprised us all. He chose a ballad last week. Christina Aguilera's beautiful, one of the better ones, according to him. But it wasn't good enough to move Girls Aloud off his series winner, Paul. It wasn't, and Liam moved his feet with Junior Senior to the top of the episode winner, but it didn't shift Girls Aloud off either. Girls Aloud mm. holding on strong, yeah. I'm loving hearing Girls Aloud twice at the start of the show as well. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, welcome to Know What You Snorty. It's Liam and Scott here talking about pop tunes as we do. We hope you like it. We are in 2003, somewhere near the middle of our 10-year quest, at the end of which we should both have a winner and an answer to the question, what is the best pop song that got in the top mm-hmm. 10 of the noise? And pop can mean anything. And hit can mean anything. And, you know, we could mean anything. For something that feels so prescriptive, there's a lot of greyness. (laughs) Really grey. We'll know more at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Today we continue our quest. We're into, I think, February and March now we're in uh, with some big pop stuff. Lots of American artists in this week's episode. It's quite a starry week, I think. There's quite a lot of stars. There is. There's some debuts. There is. There's some attempts at comedy, Mm. which I've seen you watching today and you've just gone... Yeah. Not to spoil anything, but no. you know. Uh, we may as well get straight into it. We're crossing it in March. It means comic relief is here. Did you have your red nose? Do you know, I, don't, I, think I've, I think the first time I had a red nose was this year because I now have a child. Well, you wouldn't have been here. Did they have it in Northern Ireland? Uh, we did, yeah. Did we do com- Yeah, we did. Um, I don't really know to what extent. Sometimes there's blurred lines about whether we did get it, really, or whether... It was just on our TV because our TV was British sometimes. Mm, I'm, mm. I'm not sure, but I want to say yes. Well, this year's Red Noses had like packets of hair gel with them. The, the, the Red Noses, like plastic noses, uh-huh. that hair on the top, and they came with a little packet of hair gel, and you could style your own little What, in 2003? Hairdo. Yeah, oh, yeah. Amazing, right, cool. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Um, so doing the funny for your money, loosely, uh, is Gareth Gates and the Kumars. Ooh, if showy American rap is your thing, though, there's plenty of that today, but there's also a lot of... There's lots to like. Delta Goodrum, Shania Twain, and stuff that's more your speed. But first. It's a new week. It's the 9th of March, 2003. We mentioned Turin Breaks, or Turin Breaks, Turin. Uh, did we say, I think we said, well, I always said Turin Breaks, but Turin. that's me being me. Them, those blokes. Uh, number four on the album chart with Ether Song this week, so good for them. Uh, Maloko didn't fare quite as well. And you'd think of them as an album band, wouldn't you, really? I would, yeah. 18... Oh, wow. Okay. So maybe the breakup wasn't such a romantic thing. Maybe it was just like, shit. Yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, Singles-wise, number one is still Christina Aguilera with Beautiful, Don't Look At Me. Uh, But Danny Minogue, very much, look at me. I begin to wonder. <laughs> I can't believe this is what was fighting with Christina Aguilera. My brain doesn't remind me of this. I just think Danny's one of the things I was obsessed with that no one else cared about. And then when she was on X Factor, I was like, oh, this is brilliant. And people were like, why is she there? And I was like, I swear she had some bangers. Because I know them all. But I'm like, I swear she performed well in charts. And then people were like, nah, she didn't. And yeah. then I was right. Number two, I begin to wonder. <laughs> Places, no names, places I've never been before. 
This is from the 2003 album Neon Nights, the second single from that after Put a Needle on It. Um, I've got this down as an intro, just what a start. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. Sexy vocals. Yeah. What I love about it is actually, in a kind of in a complimentary way, it's really simple. Yeah. With the way that it's, it's been quite put together. It's quite techy. It's quite like, you know, it's got like a sort of cool, almost German vibe. Yes. It I does. think one of the guys part of this is actually half German. It might be, yeah. Yeah. And I just, you know what I love? I love the Minogue tone. I love that you can mm. hear a track and go, that's a Minogue. Yeah. Straight away. Like, yeah, that's yeah. actually pretty impressive. Even the video's a bit kind of Minogue I think Kylie's mm-hmm. would look more expensive. But the whole concept of her being in the middle of a thing and there's words whizzing round and she's yeah. like slow motion, ethereal, sort of wafty, wafty clothes. Yeah. I love that, like, I love Danny getting writing credits in her song because she contributes yeah. to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas, like, I don't mind that Kylie doesn't, but Kylie doesn't write a lot of her songs. And, and weirdly, in this era, the ones that she did contribute to are, have been her worst performers, mm. whereas the ones that she's just come in, taken instruction for and sang on have just been absolute gems. But I do respect Danny for having that kind of part of the process because yeah. obviously she wasn't as big a pop star as Kylie no um, I think so Ky- had that time to go in will we, will we write a song together whereas yeah. Kylie probably didn't have that lifestyle yeah I think if Kylie has four minutes to record a song and that's all she does in and out the door almost mm-hmm. like in one door out the other yeah that's fine yeah, it's fine. That's totally fine. I'm, but I guess Danny, yeah, she had to work a bit harder. But she put the graft in, and it paid rewards, didn't it? Because this, yeah, and and a lot of the things we've spoken about so far have been like really, really good. Yeah, I think she said this is so. I and put the needle on it is my least favorite Danny track out of all of hers, going right back through the nineties as well. Mm. Um, so I love the fact that we're on an incline here. I think this is her highest chart performer, but we've still got some really good ones to come from yeah, her as well off this Neil yeah. Knight's album. But I think we've got some great spoken word in it too whenever she breaks down and she speaks on it. Love it. I just think this is just a great piece of dance pop. Totally. I like the way that you hear the same lyrics but with different things going on behind them in different parts. The song kind of wraps itself around itself in an interesting way. Yeah, actually, yeah. Like the verse that you first hear is then suddenly wrapped into some chorus to every mm-hmm. day is the same thing but then suddenly you've got some different beats behind it yeah you know it's, it, there's definitely like a, an interesting sensibility of like flow and technique and one structure sexy onion. yeah it's a it's a it's a beautiful i don't like onions but i think I'm, I'm allergic to onions. Danny's onion <laughs> that's what i'm saying yeah um yeah she did get comparisons to her sister because of course she did i think she is actually distinguishable from kylie here though for once yeah i don't I just think, I think obviously there's a tonal thing yeah. there, but you know, if you think about this day and age, though, there's so many people just sound the same and what they do with computers now is they process them to sound the same. And actually you can have people who can't sing, who can be programmed mm. to sound a specific way. Mm. Um, whereas here, I think it's great that we've got two that sound totally similar, but are very different and identifiable, but I love it. Yeah. Video wise. We've got we've got a mullet because she had short hair and they um, <laughs> put a needle on it thing. We've got this like weird mullet and I'm a bit like, oh, she's got a mullet at the top and then long down the back. This is so strange. And then, you know, turn a fan on it. Sells me. <laughs> like, just yeah. blow a fan on anything. And I'm like, oh, look at that. That courgette looks a bit sexier <laughs> just because it's windy out. Yeah, but a courgette is a certain, you know, shape. and That... Is this you Iceberg out? lettuce <laughs> is a bit sexier with that wind blowing on it. I don't know. Even then... Is an iceberg lettuce sexy? What's it supposed to be? Well, that's not... No, an iceberg's not a, blo- a blossoming lettuce. That's uh, An iceberg's just a round one. Yeah, but it can if you pull it apart. It doesn't matter. Yeah, okay. Okay, so Danny number two. Eminem number six. What a win for Danny. Go Minogue. I know. Flying the flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Uh, this is the fourth single, though, from the fourth album. So, you know, it's like, this was never going to do that well. Uh, the, the album it came from you know, was huge. Mm-hmm. So at this point, the singles are just kind of like, here's another bit of thing for you to buy. 
I'm not surprised it was a six, basically. Sing for the moments the song. was off the album The Eminem Show. This is this is funny. This is one of my favourite Eminem tracks. Is it? Isn't that really weird? Is it, is it because of the sample? Yeah. yeah. I only twig today it's because he doesn't sing on the bits that I like. Yeah. <laughs> he does contribute with like a sing. Which yeah. I, I, it's got like a sports feel of like, you know, if this came on at a sports game. Mm-hmm. Like not Eminem's bits really, just the Aerosmith bit, but with Eminem going sing. Yeah, in the that's of kind of it. So it is the Aerosmith. It's like a pump-up anthem. Yeah, so we've got a sample of Aerosmith's Dream On here. It is one of my favourites. It's not where he sings. I've got it down as kind of an intro just because of the way that it... it, it builds it's Aerosmith. <laughs> yeah, it builds a little bit. Um, and I don't really have loads of notes on it, apart from I do like it. I don't mind it. I was actually surprised that it was as low as a number six because I think it is hookier than some of his stuff. Mm. I'm a bit unimpressed with the way that he raps through it because I find that that is it's practically a four and a half minute to five minute song. It is tonally the same yeah. from him the whole way through, and it's not showing him off. It's kind of it's showing a bit of skill. It's showing what he can do. But at this point, when you're three and a half minutes into it, you're like, do something different. Yeah, rap a bit faster. Mm. It's not creative enough. But yeah. um, but generally, I do actually like it. But it is long, and the video is fine. Yeah, I mean, there's still uh, you know there's still this, this the the hallmark Eminem rhyming schemes where he's layering like six different rhyming schemes over the top of each other. So if you like, if you go through all, you can see that this matches that. And then in the same line, there's that that comes back here. And it's like a really complicated thing. And it sounds like there's bits that just sound really cool because he's rhyming so fast and so clever in different ways. And that's always the most interesting bit of his work for me. I I do prefer him when he's doing the kind of different silly voices and stuff as well. Like this, this for me is a bit one note. I know it isn't him being a silly Eminem. This isn't him being, you know, that, you know, this is oh him. no! So this is weird. This is when I, I we must be the opposite because I like when he's sensible. Mm. And the worst bit of this whole song is whenever he says ignoramus. I've and got I'm that like, written down I too. Hit that word because it completely drops the whole thing. Whereas actually, it's probably the closest for you to some personality in it or some yeah. typical Eminem. But I can don't do get without me, that. But don't get me wrong. When I say I like those ones, I find them all like ut- often utterly offensive and reprehensible. They're more entertaining, but they're more entertaining. Yeah. You know, you can you can play them on the radio censored. Yeah, and there's still still joy to be had. Whereas this, it's just it is long. It is a slog. It is kind of the same thing. It's the same kind of one note message as well. So that's the problem. Is it's it's very notey. Whereas I don't mind if there's like two notes in it and uh, uh, the whole episode changes. But this is like you're saying about the rhyming and stuff like that. And I'm like, yes, that's great. But that's what happens in the songwriting process. Mm. That isn't how you throw it down on the recording because I think when that should be really hyped is when you know we come from a a nation of Makina. When somebody drops a microphone or somebody grabs a microphone and starts going and they have no script and they have no words and they've not prepared and what comes out is what Eminem's done there with the writing that's fine but when it comes out in a songwriting session and it's down on paper and that's what you're doing you don't get as many points from me as that whereas some mm. Raji MC from a council estate who like didn't do any English at school but yet the only way they can communicate is through some MC and over the top of a microphone that's mm. when you get my bonus points that's actually a really good point and it kind of discredits all of his work doesn't it in that way like yeah you know he has he has rap gods because I've one of my notes here is that he's you know we are in a post lose yourself Eminem world uh-huh. the best the very best yeah is in the past and I look down at the the other singles that are coming up the ones that do chart the ones that don't chart you know actually all things considered Eminem still does top ten now mm-hmm. and he's still having big top ten singles right the way from 
here in 2003 to like as recently as like this year last year possibly still a big artist still sells singles and albums still respected by some people not respected by everyone because some of the stuff is really bad some there's been some anomalies across the years we kind of go he's back to some kind of best Mm -hmm. nothing as good as what we've had in the last four years or so yeah from him but you know we're we're in the we're in we've passed the best we're now in a we're in an average kind of space where it's not lose yourself it's not the bit it's not stan it's no. just something else and i think the the only thing that r- remotely sticks in my brain is the bit that isn't him <laughs> yeah. it's aerosmith That's it, yeah. uh, they at least got aerosmith to re-record that bit the guitar bit is joe perry re-recorded obviously steven tyler's bits are steven tyler's bits from the original mm-hmm. but there's a lot of things here i was i was reading a thing an article from 2016 called how eminem sing for the moment ruined white rap forever Mm. Mm. Um, just the earnestness of it and just how th- this sort of style has been replicated over the years and I thought of rappers like um, g Easy's one that springs to mind and a few other kind of artists who do the very earnest kind of almost borderline preachy overly kind of earned message music with a guitar and it's a bit like mopey and white privilege in a lot of regards as well yeah so I have to I have to really open my mind this is what this is just a wider problem I have with Eminem is like you know I I think that sometimes there's lots to be said for people creating something that opens up people's eyes to different cultures and races and things like that whereas Eminem does do that but I don't necessarily think that's intentional and if anything I think he makes money off that but I do think like I think he thinks he's cool yeah and I think that he thinks he's like an honorary member of black communities because he's done these songs and actually it's he's making money off the coattails of somebody else's heritage which is a thing and it happens Mm -hmm. and lots of people from black communities aren't necessarily annoyed by that and they appreciate that in many respects but it's not that is not that's the exception that is not the rule and he has referred to it i mean lose yourself and eight mile that's kind of what that is isn't it it's him going like i know i'm a white person in a black neighborhood in the black music scene yeah and it's yeah and if you say that and own it that's one thing but like people have to believe that you believe that yeah (laughs) you know and sometimes i don't believe that he believes that Mm. okay Some of his later work comes on the radio now and I go, fuck me, what happened? Mm. There's a radio edit of Stan, which is really funny uh, because it it's, 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 it's like short. short. Yeah, so it's missing So it's literally, <laughs> it's literally, Stan sends a letter and Eminem replies. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> What's that, two minutes 59? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. It's okay. literally him going, I'm your biggest fan. You know, my brother, he, he buys your albums and stuff. And then... <laughs> what station does that get played on? Uh, commercial radio. Oh, does it really? Yeah, yeah. And, Interesting. Um, and so yeah, and I've, I've I've pointed this out. I've said like literally, he writes one letter and he replies, as opposed to the real one where it's like the letters get you know more and more tortured, uh-huh. and by the end he's you know killing his girlfriend, and then Eminem replies and goes, "I saw this guy in the news." But like because of the way it's been edited, there's no mention yep. of Eminem uh, of Stan crashing his car. It's just like I'm your biggest fan. This is Stan. I'm sorry I didn't get back to you. It's like that's actually you know what like well done Eminem for replying straight away mm-hmm. like. Brilliant. It's pretty impressive. Um, I'm worse at that at emails, so maybe I should respect Eminem more. But I went. Well, I was at a festival recently, and somebody came over to me and introduced his girlfriend to me. I was like, "This is the first guy to play my songs on the radio." Mm. And we had this conversation. I was like, "Just keep the radio edits coming." And he's like, "Do you not want to make the radio edits?" And I was like, "No, no. God, you make no. the radio edits. I don't touch your art unless I really, really have to. And there's a reason why you can't do it." But I said, "You don't want anybody else to be touching that and making it down." And I get that you're because it's dance music. I get that your eight minute piece is something yeah, yeah, that yeah. is an art form. But it's up to you to tell that story then down in three yeah. 
minutes yeah, and got I don't want to do that for you yeah um, and he's like oh right okay so I think he was like because he was just pinging me six seven minute tracks left right and centre yeah, and it's like happen. you know it's like you know you've got a violin in there that gets louder and louder I can't chop that out no you know you need to do that on your master yeah but yeah that's that isn't that isn't a radio <laughs> editable story no. anymore because it was a four minute story I think it's inappropriate you know? as well I think a lot of like Eminem stuff shouldn't be radio edited yeah, well, even if it's been edited it's still probably pretty inappropriate it's probably a bit much yeah yeah anyway uh, on to a track which is is not as edgy as anything Eminem's done it's very edgeless very edgeless from uh, Justin Timberlake who just last week was being very edgy and Nelly who's never he's just a circle isn't he in terms of edge <laughs> Uh, this is their collaboration together, their second collaboration after Girlfriend. This is Work It. This is the fourth single from Nellyville. I didn't think I was going to remember this, and then I kind of remember it well, as in I must have had a load of exposure to it. Mm. And actually, as soon as I started watching the music video, I remember this music video being on all of the time. Trim yeah. the bush naked, because naked. I remember being like, I don't believe Justin Timberlake says the word naked that he way. He doesn't. No. Um, and he, again, another guy trying to fit in with some certain yeah. cultures, which was a bit annoying. But, I've got a plan um, on that to come, actually. Yeah, I like. I, I haven't got much on this, no. generally. I I think it's fine. Yeah. Um, it Justin smashes the high notes yeah there is a whole question about if you took Justin off it and put in like a another singer a backing singer or a couple of backing singers slash choir like a gospel choir could it be equally as good a track obviously it wouldn't sell as much because Justin half sold that yeah um, but I do think that you can actually take him off it even though he nails his performance as always really mm, yeah I can't hear it in my head not, not, not a single note and I'm just trying to look I've written down some lyrics to remind me of the actual because I thought if I saw them at the time I'd remember them but no it's there's, there's a couple gone. of references to Hot in Here I remember those Mm. Oh yeah, there back is, yeah. to them because I guess that's a big hit by this point but Nelly at that kind of same register a bit higher than usual as well I found that a bit of a struggle mm. yeah I do like it must be forgettable it's weird to say here's a Nelly and Justin track that's forgettable but it is forgettable but then it did just bring it back it's like oh yeah yeah that. Justin's uh, doing better than this on his own he is you know having to go back down towards this and he even looks like he's fresh out of NSYNC. Like, I know I mentioned last week, like, Justin, still to you, kind of looks fresh out of NSYNC, but mm-hmm. to me, has kind of grown up a bit. Whereas here, like, I think it was shot the day after Girlfriend by the look of it. Like, it doesn't really yeah. feel... Yeah. doesn't feel like he stepped out of the band at this point. It feels like he's still very much part of it. And the phone's ringing and it's JC Chavez going like, hey, man, we having lunch? And Justin's not picking the phone up. And Oh, my God. Do you think thing. that there's been an affair here and actually all these things <laughs> have been done way, in the, way before? I'm, sh- I'm sure... Justify was written and recorded and stuff while he was still oh, in the band. Oh no, that's yeah. And they were all kind of going like, you know, we're gonna where are you make the next album? Justin's like, yeah, well, yeah, we just oh, that's lethal, we'll keep writing some stuff for it. Sure, yeah, yeah it, it looks it looks dated, it looks pretty old, and it doesn't look like it. It, it kind of dilutes what Justin's been doing with Crimea River. Yeah, like the fact that this has come out so soon after that, it's just kind of like, oh, could the label not have kind of like not released that? Put the choir on it. <laughs> yeah, like make this an album track. You know, put it on the deluxe version of Nellyville. But don't let it see. Don't let it sit on the same top ten. The thing as is, it's the fourth River. single from Nellyville. Yeah. It probably didn't need to be a fourth release. No, it didn't. No, it didn't really. Uh, on the on the subject of Justin and his kind of charisma and his persona and you know the sort of cheeky playful side we get to see here as opposed to what we saw on Crimea River, which was not cheeky or playful. It was cheeky but not playful. It yeah. was you know pretty pretty sinister in some ways. Is Justin Timberlake a bit like James Corden to some people in that like? 
a bit like Eminem. He kind of sides with certain cultures and communities and tries to kind of immerse himself within it. And some people just can't tolerate it at all. Because Justin Timberlake is kind of my cup of tea, mm. but I can totally see why he's not. Like, I know, like, mm. you know, uh, the way I say James Corden, you know, carpool karaoke, the way he kind of puts himself into people's work as yeah. if it's like his thing as well. Like, if, if I was in the car with James Corden, he was singing my music like, it's my song, I'm belting these bits out, close my eyes in the hands, I'd be like, oh... I'm going to have to go and like, delete my entire music career now because you've no, done that. Bear in mind that James Corden's boss is right above us. <laughs> and it really is. He's right. a twat! There you go. Um, yes, they are right above us because they work in our building. Um, <laughs> interesting. Uh, but you're fine. Yeah, yeah you're fine. Uh, Just James. So, there, well, yeah, there is a thing here. Yeah, I do I do think that in many respects. And what you've done is you have just let me... I've just pictured, I, I've just pictured James Corden being seven different people that I knew as I grew up that annoyed me because a bunch of people would be talking and they'd run into the group and then they'd start trying to lead on something else that they weren't part of to start with and mm-hmm. I've just I might have just answered a bunch of questions that I've had for a long period of time there that's um, that's £200 please for that you. therapy session yeah well that all, it, it all spawned from somebody that worked with them a long time ago that said something and it yet yeah, just my brain's never recovered from it to yeah. be fair but yeah ugh, I don't know I don't like I don't think I just, just I, I don't know anybody that hates him, but then we've had discussions last week about him that were illuminating to me. And then yeah. I asked my wife about it and she was just like, yeah. And she just kind of gave me the female version of why his apologies were important and stuff like that instead mm. of the me, you Google. Um, so I don't know. I don't know anybody that dislikes him. Mm. You know, really. I just think it's possible. Yeah. I just think it's possible. Do you know, I uh, weirdly, I I think that I might have disliked him when he was in NSYNC. Wow. Um, and I grew to like him. Were you, were you jealous of him though? Because we've had this whole thing before of like you being jealous of Robbie Williams and kind of... No, I think Justin Timberlake's talented. And that's, and that's where I think the James Corden thing's different because like people can see past Justin being a bit of an arse because his work's good. Whereas James Corden, you know, it's his talk show, him being like, ha ha ha, and it's cats. And it's him, you know, playing gay characters in films where he shouldn't be playing gay characters and just, you yeah. know, I'll ruining try- everyone's favourite musicals and, you know. Do you know what? I do like him on Ocean's 8. Yeah. He's I an Ocean's it. 8. That's really good. You should watch that. I think you'd really mm-hmm. like it. Have you seen any of the Ocean's no, films? No, no. Um, watch Ocean's 11. Brilliant. And then mm-hmm. watch Ocean's 8. There's no point doing the other ones. Okay. Um, but the Ocean's 8's the girls one. It's yes, Sandra yeah. and stuff. And they're really... It's. I think I like I like girls better than men anyway. Um, it's probably... <laughs> is it better than Ocean's 11? Julia Roberts is in Ocean's 11 and she's just like a, a dime to anything. Yeah. A gold, like a little gem to anything. Watch them. Like take... I think it's quite quick as well. So just watch Ocean's 8. Okay. Very good. Um, but yeah, he's good in that. I do like him in it, and it's the one thing I like him in. Yeah. Right, at time of recording this, literally yesterday, we got some really sad news. Yeah. Uh, I was on the Metro coming home. We've been together, we've been recording some podcasts, and I sent it to you, and I couldn't believe it. And what I, was, what I loved is how my entire feed became this person. Mine's did. It was a shame why it became that person, but it was nice to see everyone sharing colorblind and sharing mm-hmm. pictures and memories and you know pop idol and the hair and the transformation mm-hmm. and you know and you realize what a as much as he's a pop idol contestant he lived a hell of a life he did a lot of stuff and unfortunately we lost him yesterday darius campbell dinesh uh he was found dead in his apartment age 41 and it's really really sad i mean we've spoken about a lot of darius on the show so far we've had colorblind we've had rushes we've got two more to come after this this is the third of five top 10 singles Did we, we got from, five out from of darius them? yeah no way i know okay and it's kind of it's always something to look forward to and i think it's easy to say nicer things about people once they've gone and he 
but I think we did give just we did give Darius these flowers when he was here, didn't we? I think we've, we, always, uh, you know we've always been nice about like, him, and I think yeah, it doesn't matter what Darius did after Colorblind. Colorblind's Colorblind. It's an absolute bloody gem. Mm-hmm. Like it's a gem. It's a jam. It's a brilliant song. It is so so good. But yeah, and it's it's hard because this one just isn't as good. Like mm-hmm. it's it's the male. See, nothing's a colorblind. I'm gonna say nice things and give him some flowers, okay? Uh, this we is, do like we love we love it. We, we do, do love we him, do love him. and we're really sad that he's gone. Uh, this is Darius with incredible. What I meant to say. Is you are This got to number nine, and it is the third single from the debut album "Dive In." Um, so far, we have had "Colorblind," which is hard to follow up. We then yes. had "Rushes," which was, right. which was grand, um, and we've got this one. Uh, Darius was so expressive vocally yeah. and physically with his face that it's always hard to get past. Yeah, um, I think lyrically as well. I think he packs a lot of kind of conceptual, intelligent stuff in, and this is kind of no exception. And that's fine. That's him. But I find the first verse really cringe. I think he just. With Darius being Darius, sometimes you need to go, right, Darius, write us this song. Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to mark your work mm. and I'm just going to change some Circle of your words some things, yeah. and we're going to soften them. And here he's got so much freedom, it's just gone Darius too soon. And mm. the instrumentation isn't there to back it up, whereas actually the cringe words stay. And it's like the Ainsley thing from last episode. It suits it better later into the song. Yeah. Really. Uh, so I do find that it gets easier. I like his chorus. I think the chorus is really nice. I do think it's very, I've just been on a reality TV program, yeah. but I do like it. And I do think as you listen to it, the longer you listen to it, it's good. But we had, did have a discussion. Who did we say had a complex melody that works when you're an indie artist, but not necessarily when you're a commercial artist? I'm trying to think who that was. Let me oh, look back through my books that, and see who it was. That sounds like quite a good, well-made point. That sounds it quite was, intelligent. Um, yeah. Turin Breaks. Oh, yes. So yes. they have a complex chorus that works for them as independent artists, whereas it doesn't work in this pop star realm for him mm. because you've it's too difficult and complex to teach a kid to sing. <laughs> so you can't sell it because a kid can't sing it, and kids are the ones that have the money here. Yeah. Um, and kids control the radio and cars sometimes, so... There's a bit of a like pop-punk guitar sort of sound in here, mm-hmm. almost kind of like busted light. Yeah, kind of pop punk sound, and actually, it was co-written and produced by The Matrix, who got Avril Lavigne's career up and running. Mm. So he's working with some big people. I think, um, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it, 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 he kind of needs a second draft a little yeah. bit. Yeah, just someone to take it and iron it. Maybe The Matrix kind of saw it and said, you know, you be you. Well, so that's what I like about it is it is him being him. Yeah, but I think that what I think he just always suffered at the hands of he was just too much too early. Yeah. it was the Craig David, the Craig thing. David thing, and yeah. like if you watch the video his lip syncing is and I don't know why nobody else ever really winches about this because I hated it the lip syncing hit me baby one more time by Britney's shocking she's mm. all mouth and tongue and I'm like mm. I'm, when you say that really your tongue doesn't come out of your mouth there yeah. um, and he's a bit eyebrow-y and very yeah. overpronounced in yeah, his mouth yeah. and things and it's very charismatic yeah and it's I don't know if it's just maybe it's a thing that's sexy for women who fancy him yeah. but as as a dude who's not attracted to him it's not very it's not very watchable mm. it's a bit annoying yeah and I like and I like him because I've been there for 
how much lovers are in this room kind of a thing <laughs> and then the comeback and I've, yeah. I've gone on, uh, weirdly I've gone on a journey with Darius and I'm glad I have gone on that journey and yeah, I really yeah. but I want better things for him that's the thing is I'm like who's letting you whip this stuff out because you deserve to be bigger and better than this mm. and it's great that people are going just write what you want be you but like who's who is marking his work and who's got his back yeah. here because like he could have he could have had more colorblinds. I'm glad he has colorblind though I'm like, really glad he has colorblind. You know, I think everyone was saying that yesterday you know, at, at our time of doing things. But ho- I think hopefully by the time this goes out in like a few months, people are, also, are still talking about that song. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it wasn't just a thing yesterday. People going, oh yeah, Darius, colourblind. I've seen it on my feed for ages. He was number one it on just, my BBC the whole evening and yeah. he was number seven this morning when I woke up. It just keeps coming back. It's one of them, you know, it'll be in a, in a Naughty's playlist yeah. on Spotify and you're having a party and it comes mm-hmm. on and people are like, oh shit. He's, 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 it's hooky, he's gonna... it's got the melody, it's got everything, whereas this is, this is, this this re- this reflects his brain. I think he always came across as having a complex brain. Yeah. And uh, the fact that he was, he just had, he was way more creative than what his body was letting him get out and what the circumstances very of music confident, were him get... Very confident, his own yeah. ability, very, not, well, kind of show off. If you got it, flaunt it, I guess. But put Darius. him in a booth with Linda Perry and he might go, don't look at me. And yeah. then she's like, that song's for you. You just, you don't know. <laughs> You know, yeah, just and like you, it was obvious. Like you could see that he had this. He had society battling against him, mm. and it was hard. And it was hard to watch sometimes. Yeah, but mm. okay. This is the last top ten of the week, and it comes from the Coral. I think it's our first time seeing them. Although uh, they did have a number thirteen back in two thousand and two with "Dreaming of You," which I would call their signature song. Yeah. I would, it's the one I hear the most. Yeah. So it's the one I hear when I'm walking through Newcastle and there's a karaoke thing and there's some guy doing it very, as I heard last week in the gate, uh, some guy doing it very, very badly because it's possible to do a song very badly. Oh, yeah. Because it's, you know, it's quite well performed. Uh, but yeah, they're back with a second album, uh, which is called Magic and Medicine. And the first single from it is called Don't Think You're the First. Don't think you're the first in the whole This is the one that I mentioned earlier on that there's symbols in yeah. that stop it from being introduced straight away. And actually, it's creative that they're going straight for symbols, but I'm like, um, I think I might have a symbol issue in life, actually, and that's why mm. I don't like Tech House. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there is a, a symbol thing there that throws me immediately off. But then two seconds later, it starts and it starts fast, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember, I love this yeah. song. I just hated the first three seconds of it. Galloping along like a horse. Yeah, well, so that's what I've got. What have I put down? Um, there's something very Western about it. Yeah. This is complex. Yeah. This is one of the ones that's complex, and that's good, and it's smart, and it works. So what you've got here is a complete different level of intellect here with this song. Mm. And it's indie music, so you would immediately think, oh yeah, they hate the word, they think other songs that aren't indie or pants, um, and they were forced the Beatles from when they were young and all of that kind of crack but I think you've got some really smart really some some really well considered stuff going on here yeah and I really like it totally I mean you say western there and I use the word cinematic quite a lot and that normally means <clears throat> strings and it means like mm-hmm. James Horner kind of titanic you know, composer vibes yeah. this is cinematic but it's like Morricone you know good the bad and the ugly <laughs> It's that kind of Western sound, and it's brilliant. Like it, it, it's immediately very evocative of that sort of side of things, and it puts you in a an interesting modern day Western space. Mm -hmm. You mentioned indie music as well. I think like 
think about what the Arctic Monkeys are doing, not just now with their sort of like uh, tranquility base hotel and casino weirdness, which we're expecting to get more of the same of with the next album because they've said they're done with the whole like riffs and stuff. Yeah, they're, they're down this weird do what we want kind of route now uh, but it also sounds a bit like the stuff they were doing when they were doing mardi bum and they were doing you know like um that era of raw sheffield dirty indie music that you mm-hmm. can dance to it's kind of a nice hybrid of both of those and yeah the influence of arctic monkeys you know that that they took from stuff like this you can hear it in what they do yeah you don't get many top 10 singles where someone plays a melodica solo Is that what that's called? It's because I thought it sounded like a harmonica and then I looked at it and then I was like, what is that? Is that so what that is? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's almost like a little mini keyboard that you blow, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's brilliant. That's, that's, the, that's the melodica solo at the, uh, in, towards the end of it, yeah. See, this is great. This like, this is this is super talent here Yeah, for me. I really like that. The video is exactly, ex- <laughs> exactly what you'd expect yeah. for this track as well too, which is a good thing for whoever's directed it and for the band sitting yeah. down creatively and doing it, yeah. But like, I think this is class that this got top 10 because again, this is one of these ones that like, if it was lesser and it didn't have like, you know, we were talking about PR pushes and getting to number five with a PR push for Turing Breaks, this deserves to be in the top 10. Mm-hmm. So it shows how good it is. Yeah. So yeah, well done to the Coral. It doesn't scream obvious top 10. No, but it I doesn't. Think, but I think they're a band that have accumulated a lot of ex- a lot of success quite quickly. I mean, the, the last album only came out a year ago mm-hmm. uh, and now they're back with another one straight away which also does really well and actually even to this day they're still making albums really consistently mm. every two or three years the last one Coral Island was number two in the charts so they're still a really big a indie name. British band I think yeah it's fantastic and, and, and yeah to go back to the Maloko thing from last week of like you know they've been away for uh, well for, in this case not a lot of time but you know if they have been away for a long time and they came back and this is how the new era started you, know, you, you listen for you turn the radio on it's going to be the new single coming out and you hear this first after Dreaming of You being the last one you're like whoa mm-hmm. this band's got stuff in their head they've got stu- <laughs> they've got stuff going on they, they aren't a one dimensional you know what could have been considered like a precursor to Alain Philindy yeah. they're actually really expansive and psychedelic and strange mm-hmm. and I like that I think that this is like Perfectly strange. Yeah. If it was to yeah. describe it like Accessibly that. Accessibly strange. What did you call that instrument again? A melodica. Melodica. Yeah, right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Perfect. Love it. 16th of March 2003. It's a brand new week with some brand new music to bring you. Uh, an album from Mel C. Who? Where did it finish? Did you get top 10? She did. Oh, did you get number nine? No. Did you get higher than number nine? Yeah. Top five? Just about. Ooh, top four? Not quite. Five. Five. Okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> that was more painful than it needed to be. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, so Mel C, she debuted at five with Reason. Uh, the, I mean, that you know, that still wasn't really good enough no. to sustain, you know, if you're a Spice Girl on five. But they were, yeah, they Jeez. were, honestly, well, they had a, the, the Power of Five, which was never they launched Channel yeah, Five. Yeah, I've seen that. This was the Power of Five. Like, they are, like, they managed, with that tour, they managed as a four, and they did well mm-hmm. as a four. Mm-hmm. But they are a powerful five piece. Did you see Victoria? I keep talking about Victoria Beckham every bloody <laughs> podcast episode. And did you see the thing she did recently where David Beckham posted? It was like Posh Spice unplugged and she's dancing around with the microphone singing karaoke and stuff like that. And then as she kind of moves around, you see the cable going behind her and stuff. And then he walks off and he picks it up and like, it's not plugged into anything. So he's just zooms <laughs> in the jack and it's just like, it's the two of them having crack about yeah. how her microphones are never turned on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, they're funny. They are funny. I think they're funny. Uh, not in the top 10 singles wise. An 11 for Sugar Babes with Shape. Yeah. 
Because they use the same sample that Craig David and Sting use mm-hmm. on Rise to Fall, That's which was Shape of My Heart. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. So their version wasn't as successful as Craig David's version, but he actually got Sting to do that one, whereas this was just a sample. Theirs was all over the channels. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was like the fourth single from Angels with Dirty Faces mm-hmm. or something like that. So, yeah. Uh, Twelve, a band that I love because my dad loves them and I've got a lot of my taste from him. Placebo. Yeah. Number 12 was Bitter End. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. And 28, I've mentioned this to you before and you didn't know what it was. I'm going to mention it again and just hope that maybe you've figured it out since then. A track by Porn Kings. Uh, Shake Your Shimmy. And Phil, yeah. Shake yeah, Your Shimmy. Yeah, Shimmy. Yeah. Love it. Good news this week because British Sign Language was officially recognised as a language. Oh, That's wow. That's cool. Do you know any? Do you know any kind of... Sign languages? Uh, n- hello, hello. How are you? Um, Mr. Tumble. Mr. Tumble. Yeah. yeah. Hey. Hi. Hi, Mr. Tumble. Did I tell you I went and saw Mr. Tumble a couple yeah. of months ago? Yeah. Best thing I've watched in ages. Yeah. And I was like, this is going to be hell. And then he's, this, is the, this is how I got onto Girls Aloud. Oh, I don't want to do this. Two mm. seconds and brilliant. Mr. Tumble, see him walk onto the stage and like trip over on purpose <laughs> and then realise, yeah, you are super talented and you're meticulous. Yeah. You're actually pretty good. In the last few years, you won't have been in many gigs. Uh-uh. You wouldn't have been many club nights. Uh-uh. You wouldn't have been seen many films. No. But you have seen Mr. Tumble. <laughs> I've seen Mr. Tumble. I've seen something else in the, the Sunderland Empire. Um, it was like Mr. Maker or something. It was one of those no, sort of things. It was like an actual, it was an actual, it had Jake Quickenden in it. Oh, like a pantomime. Footloose. Oh, foot, oh, I saw right, Footloose. Okay. Oh, so since, since COVID, good. I've seen Becky Hill at the Outdoor Virgin thingy. I've seen Mr. Tumble. I've seen <laughs> Footloose. I've been to Loose Fest. I've done a Creamfields. Um, have I done anything else? What was the best of them, apart from Creamfields and Loose Fest, which are like your thing? Yeah. Um, was it Mr. Tumble? Do you know what? Actually, I really, for somebody that doesn't like musicals, I really enjoyed Footloose. Mm-hmm. Like, Jake Quickenden was funny. I really did. I actually warmed to him a lot. Okay. quite interesting. Cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, I should have gone with the British Sign Language thing first, because what happens also is not as good, uh, because this was the week where, without the UN support and without the wishes of the rest of the world, uh, the US and the UK invaded Iraq. Mm. So that begins, and um, yeah, the music that we get in coming weeks and months does reflect that. I'm looking at one person in particular, Madonna, American Life, that's coming soon, mm. and there's other stuff in like you know that will reflect the tone of these two countries being pretty pissed off mm-hmm. with their major leaders for doing some pretty... Pretty not very good things. Mm-hmm. Speaking of not very good things, it's comic relief. Hey, mm-hmm. when your Friday night viewing of like decent sitcoms and the soaps and you know the news, it all gets bulldozed by things they think you'll find funny to try and exploit you for money, mm-hmm. as they say. Uh, Gareth Gates and the Kumars are the latest acts to follow the tradition of releasing some kind of single to flog to make some money. In the past, we've had Westlife, we've had Boyzone, and now we get Gareth Gates and the Kumars. This is Spirit in the Sky. Sky. 
some footprint. There better not be stairs, whatever it is. Asha, this is my big sitar solo. This is a cover of Norman Greenbaum's Spirit in the Sky. Mm. The first single off Gareth's second studio album, Go Your Own Way. Mm. Uh, yeah, for comic relief. Mm. Vocally, straight away, just too nice. Yeah. And it's just him. You want to pinch his cheeks, don't you? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Just too nice. Um, I remember working in the supermarket with Ingrid Hamilton. Ingrid was legendary. Worked in the customer service desk. Everybody knew her. It was brilliant. She was obsessed with Gareth Gates. <laughs> like, she she had very short hair, which at the time, there wasn't many females with really short hair. But she, like, she could have, we could have spent some hours with Brill Cream, given her Gareth's yeah, hair. Yeah. Um, she loved him. Balled yeah. around in a little mini Cooper singing Gareth Gates. <laughs> first to have a Mini Cooper in our town in that era. Oh, wow. Uh, but yeah, special special times. But I, I didn't know when I pressed play on this how I was going to react to it. And then I watched the video and I was like, oh, Jesus, mm. this is... Sh- shouldn't be on the internet <laughs> anymore, really. Yeah. Mm. I guess the version on Gareth's album doesn't have the Kumars. Because if it does, it's a bit strange. I don't know, actually. I don't, I, it's I, I probably think, more think... tolerable then. Not, it's It's... It start, it's the whole, your ears need to adapt to the cheese yeah. at this point. I've um, only heard the Kumar's version, but I do think the Gareth version is just him. Yeah. But part of me is kind of like, you know, is that good enough on its own as a first single from an album? He probably didn't have a choice. No. I, yeah, I keep forgetting at this point, actually, he has no autonomy over his own career, does he? Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, produced by Steve Mack. So the production on it, I don't like that Steve Mack's producing that style of a song, but mm. obviously it's kind of the Kumar side of a thing. But production like the mastering and stuff on it's good for what it is you know it is a pop song and you know steve mack ends up doing a one called paddy's revenge as well a few years later um but i think steve's irish so it kind of made more sense he mightn't be irish at all but like yeah he's best mates with boys in westlife yeah and and ed sheeran and all of that Mm. kind of crack but um he's not irish is he not irish no is he not um yeah so there's there's maybe a couple of things that maybe shouldn't have happened and this might be one of them and it's i think we're back to the somebody's going to produce this and I don't know, maybe there was people from Indian Heritage kind of cons- consulted during this yeah. process. Well, I mean... This might have, should have been one of them. The Kumars, you know, they're all actors yeah. who play East Asian characters in a comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Mira Sayal, it's Sanjeev Bhaskar. But, you know, so I, I'd imagine they'd be in on it, you'd like you to think. think. Well, you know, they, they've... Why would so, Garth be so, out and then they all be in? <laughs> I don't know. So, obviously, they've made Goodness Gracious Me, which they, they that was the whole send-up of the culture from their point of view. Mm-hmm. The Kumars was the same thing. It's a TV show in Britain. Yeah. They play a fictional family. It's part sitcom, part chat show. The sitcom bits is them as a family. The chat show bits is them as a family, but talking to famous people and making them feel uncomfortable in a way. Yeah. But, like, using their culture. At least they using their culture. Yeah. Whereas Ali G pretended to be somebody yeah. else, didn't they? Yeah. So uh-huh. I always liked the Kumars, I always liked the program. I used, to, like, I used to watch it as a kid and I did find it funny. I don't know if it was just because I liked the, you know, the pure, like just the, the nan, Mira Sayal being mm-hmm. outrageous and just, you know, cracking funny jokes and yeah. being silly. I don't know how much I understood of the concept of it being like satirical or them, you know, not being, I don't, I don't know what I thought of it really, but I did like it, I did watch it. Uh, it had quite a good run on TV. I think it even came back a few years ago for more because it was that mm-hmm. popular. So it made sense that, you know, they were infused into the comic relief package somewhere, and this is where they got put as part of the song. Yeah. Um, I don't... Uh, Spirit in the Sky, the Norman Greenbaum version, I know it's kind of... It is psychedelic, and it has got, like, a the same kind of wobbly, you know, like, 
Mm. You know, the, the what's the pedal he was using? You know, the, the, I can't think of the name of the, the whammy, yeah. like a whammy pedal sort of thing. The effect yeah. of like wow, wow, wow. It's that yeah. sort of thing. So it makes sense that it's been taken that way. And I guess the Kumars, oh, they're you know they're East Asian. They can be, be shoved on that. And I think I, I at least like that it's self-aware. You know, there's kind of the self-aware humor in there that's quite funny. Like. You know, at the end of the video, is Will Young still available? That's quite funny. It's like, a no, it's a no and nod, you know, it's the sort of thing. Yeah. And there's a few other bits and bobs, like, you know, he's just saying the same thing over and over again. That's the line that comes up. And yeah. so, some bits are funny and some bits are not. My main issue with it is I was watching it and I was like, this is great. He's just standing in the background whenever they're doing any dancing. They're just yeah. standing. And Looking then, very uncomfortable. Then he starts frame. doing dancing and I'm like, yeah. no, okay, you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. And... Um, different times they want it different worlds there was, and we're back to the whole to get people to understand cultures there, you start with jokes and yeah. ridicule yeah. to get people into it and yes there's scandal off the back of it but maybe without that no change comes at these points and like I think the like the Kumars just do their thing they're, they're great but yeah. I just I don't know who said right Gareth dances I suppose it is like you know if you know like in was it New Direction by yeah, S Club Juniors. Juniors? There's no Asian person in that, <laughs> no. and actually they have been dressed up in a specific way. Whereas uh, maybe there's maybe maybe I should have less of an issue with this because this is clearly the comers saying, "Garth, come in and dance, do some of our cultural dancing. That's fine. We're here. You're invited. It's part of it. We're all a team. Yeah. That's different." Whereas maybe I'm being a bit too woke and mm. being like, "You shouldn't do that because you're not part of that culture." Yeah. Whereas it's fine to invite somebody in and be like. This is how we dance. Give it a go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, your leg's not bending off at that point. No, go down a bit lower. Do this. Twist your hands that way. You're twisting it clockwise. Go anti-clock. You know. Mm, yeah. Maybe I'm being a bit too highly strung and I'm, maybe I'm just nervous about the whole thing. We just now. need proof that those conversations happened. Yeah, well, yeah, that's it. Exactly. <laughs> but you would you would think, what, how many? Four people from East India. You would kind of think that hopefully someone, especially people having so much control over their fate and doing so much for their yes. culture. Yeah. You think someone had the power to stand up and go, uh-uh. You know, so. but it was the industry, yeah. and you know, I would say if somebody if they if they felt they needed to say something, somebody would have said something, and it wouldn't have come this way. So maybe I'm being a bit too yeah uptight about it. And that conversation may have happened after it was being signed off. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because well, we've made it now. Yeah. We're not going to bin the whole thing. Are you kidding? It costs no. money. And you know, we need to remember <laughs> it was 2003. Yeah. Things have happened. Yeah. We can't do anything about things that have happened. We can just learn from them, which we have done in so many ways. Yeah, sometimes not enough. Sometimes too much, and then sometimes we're just making progress, which is good. Yeah, so. I just wonder what, from the from the Gareth Gates point of view, it's like right, the new album's coming out. Gareth, great news! You've got the comic relief single, brilliant. You saw Westlife last time, Uptown Girl. They got Claudia Schiffer. It was glamorous. <laughs> American Diner. You got to like sort of hang out with her, <sighs> can't wait, mucking about. You're doing it with. Have you seen BBC Two? No, I don't watch TV. I, no, I'm, I I'm on the TV. road all the time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Well, it's this show. And they're a family, but they're playing characters. Oh, okay. And it's a kind of a chat show, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And you're going to sing Spirit in the Sky from, like, the 60s. Oh, oh wow. okay. okay. Not familiar with that tune. I was, my, my parents weren't born when that came out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's going to be you in, like, all Asian clothes, dancing like it, surrounded by girls. And, you know, you're a teenager still, yeah? Yeah, yeah, that, I'm still uh-huh. a teenager. We're, gonna, we're, we're surrounded by girls and an old woman, and you're going to have to try and look comfortable. Okay. Who are they? So they're called the Kumars. The Humars? The Kumars. Wow, never heard of them. Yeah. It'll get you a number one because the comic relief singles always do. So that's, you know, ka-ching. But it may taint your entire career. Hmm. But the good thing is, Gareth, it's already been signed off. 
Okay. We're, we're, we're currently, as you speak, in your, spe- in your seat right now, measuring you for the costume for wardrobe. <laughs> you have no say. Nah. We're, we're shooting it in five minutes. Stick a fork in me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the industry. <laughs> Isn't it great? There's a good key change. There is. There's a good key change. Uh, Jennifer Lopez is next. She's got LL Cool J with her for a track called All I Have. What you had, baby girl, I'm what you have You've been needing me, but too bad Be easy, don't make decisions when you mad The path you chose to run alone I know you're independent, you can make it on your own Here with me, you had a home But time is of the essence, oh, why yeah. spend it alone, huh? This is a sample of Deborah Laws' track, Very Special All my love is all I have And my dreams are very Uh, do you remember this? No. I watched this constantly on the music channels. Mm. Like, this was a big deal, actually. Um, I've got it down as an intro juice uh, because I love the squeaky voice at the very start of it. Yeah. Um, it's very Through the Wire, isn't through it? The wire. Through the Wire. Is it Kanye West Through the Wire? I spit it through the wire, man. There's too much stuff on my heart right now, man. Yeah, I really liked this at the time And I was like, why did I like it? And then I was trying to figure out And now I'm paranoid about Jennifer Lopez actually singing on her own track So I'm listening like a yeah, um, I think it is her It is her, it's clear as day is her it, Yeah, it's her and she's great Yeah, yeah And so it makes you wonder like Just, why do, didn't just do them just, all Yeah, why didn't she sing? Yeah And it might just be because like <laughs> The routines that you intend to do and things like play Yeah That it's not really a singy situation yeah. But like I was trying to listen. It's like actually, the all I have parts quite squeaky because it's quite high pitched. Yeah. And then when you hear her kind of come into her lower register for the pre-chorus, they're quite low, and it's really nice because you hear her. It's all. It's. I think it's all a bit raw. It's all a bit exposed. Yeah. But we actually get to hear her here quite clearly. And if you've like by this point, she's probably been in some films. If you've watched. Yeah. I'm trying to think what films was she in at this point? What's that famous one with the dogs where she's oh no, not monster in law. What else was she in at this point? The wedding planner or something. Yeah. You know her voice you know her voice well enough for movies to know exactly when she's singing. Yeah. Pretty much but it is um, it is yeah. raw, but there's a kind of a raw chemistry with them with the pair of them. So it kind of makes sense that it's not like pristine. Yeah, there is quite a good chemistry actually yeah. too. And um there there is something kind of cringe about it. Yeah, of course. Because it's these two people singing a love song to each other. But like whenever she's like, and I'm good, did it, did it, did And that's her lower bit and she comes out quite one nice. One love for one the hip hop yeah. beats, one love. Sounds good. But yeah, I think it's a nice variation, really. I <laughs> I always, I always laughed at LL Cool J. Yeah. Whenever he said, pride is what you have, baby girl, I'm what you have. Like that is <laughs> I've got a better hilarious. tash than LL Cool J as well, I've noticed. You do you actually? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he just has the tash. At least Your Natasha's coming like, on quite well, quite there. Yes, good. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, a number two. I get it. Um, I think LL Cool J was considered cooler back then, whereas now he's branched out. Yeah, and he does he, like he's real uh, life. Does he do NCIS or something or yeah. CSI or something? Like is, that it him, is it him who does lip sync battle? Oh, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, with Chrissy Teigen. Chrissy Teigen, that's yeah. it. Yeah, I like her. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the sample Deborah Laws, nineteen eighty one. Uh, Deborah did sue the labels because she was saying that the sample was used without her permission, but the company. I think they managed to fight it off. Oh, I think Deborah tried several times to sue unsuccessfully. You have to hope that she was compensated though, because the song is built around that sample yeah. and it lives and dies on the melody of the sample, mm-hmm. the actual bits that it uses itself, the beats being extracted from that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if Deborah got nothing from this, that's an absolute outrage. No, I know. 
Yeah, hopefully yeah. she got at least got a compromise agreement. I hope so. Worst case scenario. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Number two, I think it's good. I'm happy. One final thing before we move to Della Goodrum is that I love Jennifer Lopez's It's Cold Face when she's outside. It's just kind of like... Burr. It's it's kind of like there's a bit of like a, a burr, but it's like there's still a pout there of like it's like it's like burr, but it's like burr, burr. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's a brilliant on um, Saturday Night Live. There's a, a, a one of the cast there, Melissa Villasenor, um, who does a brilliant Jennifer Lopez impression, and the the entire thing is basically just that cold face. They're just kind of like I'm cold. <laughs> I'm Jennifer Lopez, and I'm cold. I love it. Yeah, mm-hmm. great. You need to go check her out. She's brilliant. Yeah, I feel like I need to watch this. Uh, okay, Delta Goodrum is next. Uh, she's a name that you will know, uh, but we haven't come across yet because this is her debut single. I think she's only like 18 at this point. She's still quite young. Okay. It's Delta Goodrum with Born to Try. That I was born to try. This is off the debut album Innocent Eyes. It's the first UK single. I think other places have had something yeah. before that, whereas we've got this. Weirdly, tonally, at some points, I hear Jessica Simpson. How strange. Uh, uh, yeah. And then in others, like melodically, I hear Faith Hill, There You'll Be. Yeah. I got kind of Celine Dion vibes as well. A yeah, there's bit. some yeah. Celine. Yeah. I didn't think I remembered it. And then I remembered it whenever the chorus appeared. I have kind of. Do you remember what it's? Do you remember what it sounds like? I've kind of forgotten it already, and I know no. we've just gone through it. No. Yeah, I've kind of forgotten it already. But mm. we do have a beach in the video. We've got some piano in the video, which is quite nice. Um, we've got some buildings and stuff, and some green screen work. But the, I think when you've had a two become one use of green screen, and other people try to use that, you need to like at least get it to the two become one green screen, and it's not two become one green screen. Yeah, it has yeah. that technique of like you know somebody standing in the middle of like a crossroads and the stuff whizzing by, but they're mm-hmm. in the middle like as if the world's passing them by. That's the whole sort of thing. Yeah, like, it has that in it, and you know it's quite a cliche sort of thing. It looks very American, even though she's Australian. She looks a bit like like facial features like Leona Lewis. And like you were watching it before because I hadn't written any notes yet. So I said, well, like I'll, I'll watch you watch it and I'll make some notes myself. Mm-hmm. And there's a bit in the course and I could have just easily gone, a moment like this. You did, you screamed it out. It's very X Factor winner single. It is a bit X Factor winner single. But yeah. a little bit better than that. Have you, is, is you watching me watching videos becoming your new kink? Yeah. Okay, right, that's fine. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, right. Uh, well, then the next time, right, don't do it with yeah, clothes right, on, just go nuts. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, she's a name I've always known, but I couldn't name... Oh, how many of the songs? I know she worked with Brian McFadden. Uh, they maybe even went out, possibly. That might Are they not sing. married still? No. Are they not? No. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, and it has got those kind of like sweet female Westlife vibes. I wrote sweet female Westlife, and then mm. I wrote sweet female no attitude. Uh-huh. Because it's very, it, do you want, very it edgeless. Is, it's missing. Yeah. It is missing a bit of star quality at this point. For somebody who was already quite famous off Neighbours, you know, it's, it is missing something. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I'm fine. I, number three, that's, yeah. We'll get more Delta to come. A Delta? Delta. She's <laughs> Delta Goodrum. Yeah. It's a way to quite a complex name, isn't it? She, she she could have got with being called Delta. There's no other Deltas. She could easily have been she, Delta. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it, it save it save me tripping over the words. Delta. Delta. Delta the Belta. Delta the Belta. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. It's great. It's an interesting time for her because she's she's young, she's famous off neighbours, she's been on there for a little while. She's her character in the show, Nina Tucker, is a singer, so they hired her to be in neighbours so that it kind of be a platform for the music. 
So this song was in Neighbours loads, like mm. moments of her perfor- performing it kind of soundtracked quite big moments in the show, which I guess helped the song grow and helped the show I can't grow. remember the name of the cafe or whatever it was. Did she have to, did she get to play it in the cafe and things? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was number one in Australia. It was in the top ten in Australia for four months. So it was just a huge thing over there. So all this is going on with her musically, but in the meantime, she's having a pretty tough life mm-hmm. um she was diagnosed with hodgkin's lymphoma oh was she? um and she was in remission by the end of the end she started working on more music but i mean like you know during this time she's not getting to promote the music very much because mm-hmm. she's like you know she's having Aww. treatment for for that so glad she's okay glad everything turned out all right in the end but um but yeah this is fine it's a bit x-factory um but we'll we'll see if she gets any better if see it see if it gets any better she's she's good it might get better okay but she's not married to brian mcfadden I, no 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 okay no one could be married to that man for particularly too long, I don't think. <laughs> uh, we'll get, no, uh, my, my only thing with Brian McFadden is just real to me, his solo single, which we'll do at some point. I just find it so funny. Do we get that? Yeah, I think oh, so. Okay. I think so. Hmm. Uh, right, number three is from 50 Cent, Fiddy, Curtis Jackson, whatever you want to call him. He's here with a big single, not his debut because he had been doing stuff before, but now he's been plucked out of the ether by Eminem and Dr. Dre. Who both appear in the video. And the track is called In the Club. This is the lead single from Get Rich or Die Trying, the debut album of it. Down is an intro juice. Yeah. We vibe to this big style. Big time. Like, yeah. majorly yeah. on nights out and stuff. This was a massive, massive deal. Um, and it still is. It's like, do you know what it is? There's so much to be said for being smart enough to just go, have It's Your Birthday and a lyric. Mm. That song. Like, Katy Perry's birthday is not going to have the same impact. But, like, this was a smart, smart move. And you know you're a good thing if someone tries to sue you for using it. Oh, but who tried to sue him? He got sued. I haven't read the person down. Because I guess they lost the case and they were laughed out of court, basically. Someone tried to sue them because they used the line, it's your birthday. And I think it, they tried to say it's been used elsewhere and it's like a thing that they made up or somebody else made up. But the, the lawsuit said, no, it's a common, unoriginal, non-copyrightable phrase. I would say that's the case. Yeah. But, but that will only have happened because it became a big thing. And this is and like, it became a huge thing. Well, it did become a massive thing. Yeah. That's it. You know, so it's immediately timeless because of that. We found that I think there's there's something smart about somebody. This is the this is the idiot thing again. A hip hop guy saying something about somebody called Charlotte, who everybody will picture as being a white person. It invites white people in to the hip hop community and just take their money. Yeah, just take their money. Yeah, you know, Ha-ha. really. But um, <laughs> I don't. I don't ever really remember anybody doing anything offensively to this one because there's nothing really. There's nothing to invite you in that makes you like a real idiot as you go through it. Although I never, I'd never really heard the lyrics. No, me neither. Before, and then I had my closed captions on YouTube, and I was like, "Oh, look, the lyrics are coming up. Why?" And you explained that they were on my screen. But I really like this. Now, this flow wise, is this is what I'm saying? He hasn't got much variation in no, this. No, it's one. It's da 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 da. Yeah, but it's so much more listenable than Eminem doing that. Yeah, I've even forgot to sing. Sing for the moment. Sing for the moment. I think he knows that it's that. Yeah, but the production round it's so boss. 
Yeah, there's something really like there's something really sexy about it. it was like I like to have sex. I don't want relationships. Yeah. I can't remember what the words are. I mean, I'm into having sex. I'm into making love. So come give me a hug if you're into getting rubbed. There's a really good chance at this point that I'm grinding on somebody to the song <laughs> in a club, and they know what the words are and stuff, and are expecting me it's to say that into the ear. But because I'm that bloody idiot that loves Austin Powers, whenever I don't know the words at this point <laughs> in my life, I'm like in the club. So I would explain why a lot of times I'd be hooking up with somebody at a club and then. And, um, yeah, they've just left just me. Off. It's yeah. the Tucker Tucker vibe because I didn't know the words to 50 Cent. And you're still humping the air with your eyes closed going, um, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, you know, never whenever a dog thing, there's a cushion underneath and that's just me in the middle of it. That little Jack Russell just going at it, like humping the air. That's me in the middle of Armani's. Just loving my life. I'm off from a bottle of race and my chartreuse. Nice. It does what it says in the tin. It's in the club. And everything that happens in the club, you know, it's very sex, drugs and rock and roll. It's booze. It's money. It's big egos, but I think he's allowed. I think it's quite ballsy lyrically for a, for a basically a debut. I think, but I think honestly, but I think great. the proof is in the pudding so much, and he had Doctor Dre in his corner, Eminem in his corner. It's very confident, and I think it was never going to fail. No, no. Have you seen? Him, <laughs> have you ever seen Morning Glory? No. The film. It's got um, Rachel McAdam in it, Harrison Ford, mm. and uh, Diane Keaton, and it's really good because he kind of makes a bit of a debut in it. So they're like. You know, morning shows like GMTV or what, yeah, what's it yeah. called now? With like Good Morning Britain. Good Morning Britain. Yeah. So they're the they're the shit version of that in New York. Rachel McAdams brought in to be the producer to get it back on the map. She needs to find someone to be the lead anchor somewhere else in the organisation. The grumpy Harrison Ford's on the books, but he's not doing anything. But he's getting paid loads of money, so she forces him to come and do it against Diane Keaton. They hate each other, but it's the rejuvenation of this show, pretty much, and how. She has a fight with him about what what Harrison Ford says. You just feed people sugar, which is like there's a radio brand that is sugar, 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 cancer, cancer, sugar, sugar. But society laps it up because it's like fast food. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's like, well, you don't want bran all of the time. You want bran and sugar. So they kind of come up with this system for this show that's a mix of sugar. It's a mix of bran. And she manages to like convince 50 Cent to come on (laughs) and do something for them. And then Diane Keaton gets on stage beside him and like raps and stuff with 50 Cent and it's, so he plays himself he plays himself yeah, so yeah. it's Rachel McAdam literally attacking him and just harassing him while he's trying to get into an escalate after something else and she manages to convince him to come on the morning <laughs> show and then ratings kind of start going up and things And um, I it, feel like I've seen him do a, a few a few more things like that I think he he's not afraid to sort of take the piss out of himself and do that sort of like self-referential thing mm-hmm. he's, in, he's, in, he's in like is he in power or like some other kind of big American I, you show I, he's not there's no there's no backstory he's not an idiot here is he because I really like him I'm not, yeah? not not entirely sure okay not that's fine sure. I'm hoping there's nothing but no. generally I like him and we were watching it and I was like oh look that's had a billion views and you were like no it's 1.5 1. 1. and I was like Ugh. and I realised no an extra 0.5 billion views five hundred <laughs> massive million. amount yeah yeah, uh, yeah. so tuned yeah 50 Cent said it's relevant every day because it's somebody's birthday every day, mm-hmm. which means it's a timeless song, as you say, mm-hmm. literally. Yeah. It was huge. The album sold 872,000 copies in its first week. Only Eminem's done better than that in one week, in its first week, albums wise, selling. What was that album, do you know? Oh, I'm not sure. First one? <laughs> Could be. 50 Cent appeared in the Super Bowl halftime show this year, didn't he? He wasn't labeled as. Because this year it was like Eminem, Dre, Kendrick, Mary J. Blige. And then he appeared halfway through and the internet lost its mind. Oh, did it? Oh, and, and, and that shows the fact that, like, you know, huge, mm-hmm. that that happened and it was the, the bit everyone talks about. Really, oh, really good. Oh my goodness, how have we never talked about this? When I worked in a call centre, we had to do this, you know, whenever you start a job in a call centre and you have to do the whole three truths and a lie kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Um, my trainer, Shirley, was in a super drug in England somewhere. There's a small chance it was Scotland. 
and she let somebody go in front of her because they only had a small item and it turned out when she let him go in front of them there was an entourage and she didn't really understand what was going on <laughs> and then whenever she um uh whenever she went up to, when the, the person had gone out the door the checkout assistant was in complete bits because for some reason something had changed while this woman was in the queue um, and she got there and she was like are you okay and she's like do you know who that was and um, we were like who was it Shirley and she went it was 50% <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Aye, so Shirley thought it was 50% yeah. There you go But yeah so she met 50 Cent Somewhere in a super drug In England somewhere Wow Like isn't that insane Gosh. That must be a true story Because that was like That was the true one Yeah like, yeah It wasn't even part of Three Truths of a Lie She just told us that story <laughs> But um, it was when you had to do Like an icebreaker And getting to know you But yeah she knew 50 50% Amazing mm. 50% I was like looking at the comments of this like sort of reaction things YouTube's pretty boring because it's all kind of people just going yeah I'm here it's, I'm here in 2022 like who's still here hey rubbish song facts it's absolute carnage because you get comments from like when the song first came out people giving their immediate reaction to hearing it like back in 2003 this guy in Livingston New Jersey I don't like this song I don't like rap music at all rappers are not good role models it's all about violence drugs alcohol degrading females and talk about how much money they have they have foul mouths People who listen to this garbage uh, likely do drugs and drink alcohol. Why are there problems with underage drinking? It's because of this junk. It's sad that that's what's popular now. Reply. Steve from Winnipeg, Canada. Your word dog, Fiffy is in the hood. (laughs) Dog. (laughs) What's up, homies? That's two different sides of the coin, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, what, yeah. God, one guy's a buzzkill. Jesus. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, let's move on to Shania Twain, who arguably has got a bit of a buzzkill message here, isn't it? Really, if you're into the sort of the blingy world of the club, mm. here's Shania going, "Fuck that, ka-ching." This is the second single from the fourth album, Up. I'd forgotten about this one. I've already forgotten it, though. When the chorus came in, I remembered it. And actually, now that I remember the chorus, I can kind of go back in my brain. I can kind of download more of it and I can hear more of it. Oh, hold on. I'm hearing bits of it now because what I've written down here was this this could have been Big Brothers. Aye. Yeah. It could have been a Big Brothers track. Aye, they do a similar sort of thing, don't they? Mm -hmm. It's got... It has new flow vibes. Mm. And I could hear... Is it Nadia and Charisse? Yeah. On top of it, I think um, they would need to be faster. So what you would need to do is you would need to speed her vocals up two points and have Big Brothers on it. But actually, instrumentally, you have got a Big Brothers track secretly sitting underneath there somewhere. Except they made favourite things where it's like diamonds and rubies and give me lots of expensive things. And it doesn't appear to be a hint of irony in it. No. Okay. So yeah. maybe not. Vocally, she's flawless. Yeah. I think generally Shania. it's very easy listening. Next. Shania. Yeah. Yeah, Shania next. Balconies, dresses, um, big hairs. Actually, the most fun about this track was um, we watched the video with you over my shoulder and I still stand by the Shania Twain and Cheryl Cole look like each other. And we could have paused it at certain points and it was Cheryl. Yeah. Creepily Cheryl. And sometimes nothing like it. It's a game, isn't it? Is it Cheryl or not Cheryl? Where each, each different look she has, you go... No, she looks like Shania there. Well, yeah, so it cut to, there was there was one thing going on and we were like, oh, there's Cheryl and Girls Aloud with her like, yeah. 
what, what they call cargo pants. She's got her cargo pants on and she's got her belly riff out. Yeah. And then two seconds later, she comes into some glamoury dress and my brain went, Aloetta, Weta, Weta, Aloetta, Weta. <laughs> uh, and it's so, it was so weird to see it all because like, it's as if, it's as if Cheryl's famous because she looked like Shania Twain. You know, yeah. It's so it's so odd. I, I I would love to watch back pop stars arrivals and hear hear somebody going. You know, you remind me of a young Shania Twain. Mm. You know, or like um, Phoebe says in Friends, the late Shania Twain. <laughs> Shania Twain's not dead. Oh, well, I ever paid. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So. My, uh, morally uh, message wise here what is it the message I missed if I missed the whole message it's is it just consumer culture isn't it it's kind of well I think it's quite, it's, I think it's quite obvious really it's just kind of like you know we're all spending it's it's an anti-capitalist message I think it's kind of we're okay. all spending loads of money on stuff we don't need and it's kind of her very graciously and nobly going I don't need expensive things I bet she does. I bet she still does like a little expensive thing she's not, she's yeah. not shopping in the Wilkinsons is she no but it's it's that whole what's your threshold? I think I still think that I would be like that where I'd be like I could win, say if I won like ninety million on the lottery and stuff, I would get myself set up to something that was manageable, invest a bit of money, and then probably end up trying to figure out and donate the rest. But um, it's like where how much do you take to sort the life out that you want? Yeah, and then anything else on top of that is that where you have to start being like no, maybe maybe there's a no one needs any more than 1.5 million pounds oh damn right yeah like that's enough maybe a 1.5 million spent in assets that you live around and maybe like 50,000 in the bank per year to kind of live off once your bills are kind of paid and stuff and then yeah. anything else over that's a, I don't know just making up but excessive pretty much yeah mm. well that's kind of the thing it's about excess yeah which puts me in mind of Rina Sawayama find a way to get her in somewhere because yep. um, she's got a song called XS as in like the letters XS oh I XS. thought it was your like pants size has it I've, no I bought jeans yesterday I'm not an XS anymore mm-hmm. like Joy says bought, no room for XS anything in there <laughs> because of the way they make football shirts now because they make them kind of like more for the players oh what fitted yeah mm. I had to buy an XL uh, recently oh I buy there's I nothing buy more degrading yeah but I used to wear like a medium I used to wear a small when I was in shape this is really bad when I did my fitness thing like not a few years ago now because I keep saying a few years but probably like (laughs) seven years ago at one point when I was in shape guess what size my waist was 30 28 bloody hell a 28 waist and had massive shoulders I was just like this walking triangle but yeah it's weird but I'm getting sponsored adverts for t-shirts that are um, tight on the top and they hug everything correctly and they're practically a bra and then they like flop nicely around the belly so you just don't notice great you have to buy them in packs of three those that are your sounds... 50 quid down before you've oh, even got God, right. three plain t-shirts but yes Rena Sawayama I love her so much she brought that song out last uh, two years ago XS on her my debut album it talks about similar sort of things you know it's listing off all these expensive brands but it's like no don't do that think about all the exploitation it causes think about how much that was manufactured for watch the video for it and again it's it's the whole thing of like it's this almost well she literally is a robot on a like a qvc style shopping channel displaying this product and then you sort of peel behind the layer and you find out that one she's a robot and she's just been like manufactured just to sell mm-hmm. and two the product is made in like a sweatshop by people in the dark <laughs> being exploited mm. and actually the product itself is coming from someone who's literally got like wires plugged into them and they're just extracting it out and that's the product yeah so there's all that kind of thing of like think about what you're buying it's all unethical we're buying too much and yeah. it's a really good song really good like not just message wise but also it's like new metal combined with like 
noughties R&B music. Mm-hmm. She's a genius. She's fucking brilliant. Love her. But Rena, her new album, the first single called This Hell, is a Shania homage. Mm. It's got like a country vibe. Love it. And she even at the start says, let's go girls. Ah. So it's that's a symbiosis there of Rena and Shania. Which makes me love them both more. Renaya. Renaya. Yeah, it's great. There's a YouTube comment here from Leah who says, When I was in high school, I had to write an essay about consumerism. And basically the only thing I did was translate this song in my head into Spanish. And I got it down on paper and I got an A. Mm. So thanks, Shania. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Really good. Great. I will say, though, for someone who's anti-capitalist, she did release three versions of the same album. Hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, finally to Missy Elliott and Ludacris. It's a number nine called Gossip, folks. You hear the gossip, Janaya Twain's not a capitalist, but she released the same album three times. <gasps> Um, I didn't know this when I was coming to it no, and then either. actually when I pressed play I couldn't remember it but I something in my brain was like you had loads of exposure to this yeah. which is really weird because like sometimes I'm like oh I don't remember it and then it hit the chorus and then I remembered it uh, but yeah it wasn't like wasn't there I ended up singing lyrics to like a G6 Did, yeah. While I was listening yeah, to yeah. it, there's some bits where you can get uh, like a G6. No, it wasn't like a G6. Yeah, it was. It was no, that was popping bottles in the ice. That's not no. I got a Red Bull and vodka up in my hand. That's LMFAO. LMFAO. What tracks that? Drink all day, play all night. Let's get it popping. I'm in Miami, bitch. It's an LMFAO track, so I was singing that anyway. Weirdly, so then Ludacris came in, and I remembered Ludacris' bit, but didn't remember the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah, aye. So that's, I don't have much to say for this. I li- what I loved about it is I love her dancing in the video. I find it really fun. Yeah. Um, I'm sad that I don't remember it. I did remember the ludicrous hook, but um, what number did it get to? I don't have, have Nine. Nine, But yeah. eight on the billboard. See, that's good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it made me warm to Missy, really. Plus, it's got the, in the video, it's got the young lass from uh, Cheaper by the Dozen in it, who plays yeah. the young girl with the fringe. Can't remember her name. But I've she's seen in her, a couple of music I've, videos, yeah, I've actually. seen her in stuff. Is she in the Eminem? Just yeah. lose it. Yeah, is I think her she is. As well? Yeah, I think she is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. To think that anybody would dare try and slag off Missy Elliott is unthinkable. Who would dream of it? She's Who's done that. For, well, that's the whole song, isn't it? Like, the whole song came about because it's the rumours about her. Mm. The rumours about sexuality. Oh. The rumours about weight loss, because she's, oh. she's changed appearance quite considerably. Mm. Um, it's, that's what this song is. It's her kind of addressing that in her way. But the fact that anybody dare dream shows that the world sucks. Yeah. Because she's too cool for that, and I love that she's kind of risen above it in some way. But in her in her way, I like the little sample, double Dutch bus, mm-hmm. which is like the sort of the kids in the chorus. Like, yeah, I don't know what they're saying, but it's uh, it's quite cool. Uh, in typical Missy Elliott fashion, there's a whole section about bitches talking shit, and uh, there's a line: "Chicken heads on the prowl." <laughs> Do you know what chicken head means? Um, uh, I don't know. Is it something to do with all the chicken heads? Be quiet. Is that what that <laughs> no. says in Fat Man's Good? Oh. Well, maybe, yeah, it could be, I guess. But I, that, I don't, well, yeah, maybe. What is a chicken head? Chicken head is slang, uh, this is according to Genius, it's slang meaning a woman who gives a oh, job uh, without using her hands. So it's like, it's kind of, without oh. using your hands, and you're kind of going, like, 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm yeah, doing the action okay. now. Oh, no, head, he's yeah. doing the actions. And not only did I see it with my own eyes, it's like uh, I saw it in reflection of glass. So I got like a 3D version of you performing oral sex. His eyes are currently closed. I know. I'll, like, I'll, I'll stop doing it. I've stopped doing anymore. it now. I've stopped doing mm. it now. Stop doing it. Stop <laughs> doing it. And he eyeballed me when he did it that yeah. time. Weird. Right Look at me, me, boy. What was a nice Look at podcast. me when I'm talking. Sorry to end on Missy Elliott. We're done. Yeah. I like she also said the line, I don't brag, I mostly boast. That's such a brilliant Missy line, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's just her way of being like, ah, what, what a legend. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some cameos in there. Tweet makes an appearance. We did oh, Oops. Mm-hmm. Um, Eve's in there. Trina's in there. DMC from Run DMC's in there as well. And the video ends, although you couldn't see it because of the things on your screen that you can't get rid of because YouTube's just stupid. Um, there's a, a mural on the wall to Aaliyah, Lisa Lopez, and Jam mm-hmm. Master J, who all passed recently. Nice. That's nice. That's lovely. We'll do some... Uh, selections based on the 11 songs we've done today look I've written there Deltra Goodrum you have yeah yeah Deltra. she could just be called Delta I'm going to call her Delta from now I'm not going to call Delta. her Delta Delta's a Delta uh, right 11 songs a lot of choices to make hmm. actually there isn't there's not is there I swear there is better weeks than this there is better weeks than this yeah there's a lot yeah isn't there? Obviously, actually, is that going to be a, that must be statistically be a thing. Weeks when we have got lots of things, it's because there wasn't lots going on, so loads slipped in to ne- the top ten. You know what? Next week's really good. Is it, oh, it is. Yes, it is. Next it week's is. really good. Um, right, so where are we going? Um, do you want my, my ones? Yes, please. Okay, I think I'm going to go for three. Okay, hit me. Mm, the Coral in third place. Don't think you're the first. Don't think you're the first in the whole In second place, oh, in sec- so that was. Do, a sh- do, that, do that noise again. <sighs> that was a. Oh, I'm disappointed that this has to come second, not a. <sighs> Danny Minogue, <laughs> uh, number two. <laughs> Danny Minogue. I begin to wonder. And in first place, Fifty Cent in the club. In the club. <laughs> Uh huh. So like, you need to go to Ashington and Northeast in their club. In the club. Club. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, again, I'm surprised. No, Danny. But Fifty Cent. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It is. Fair it enough. is timeless. Yeah. It is timeless. Is Danny timeless? Um. You know what? Actually, funnily, I was listening to it, thinking it kind of was, and it could fit now so, in um, some ways right so we have no information right so what she's about to do she's about to do she's got perfection to come in like 2005 6 which is a beautiful funky house track she's got um you won't forget about me you won't forget about me which is the flower power one which is she's kind of really known for yeah uh, what does that sample use is that sample spin my head right round, right round when you go down da, 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 da. Um, I don't know. there's there's that she's got she has got quite a few to come actually uh, yeah, so she's got some bangers. Obviously, that's the highest performing one. But I still, when I still think Danny, I still think Reva. Who, who do you, do you love now? now? Yeah, brilliant. Okay, fair enough. Your ones? My ones. Uh, is it one? No, it's not. It's not one. It's two. It's two. It's two this week. Uh, the, <laughs> the two is 50 Cent. In the club. Mm-hmm. And the one is Danny Minogue, I begin to wonder. Oh, wow. Yeah. <coughs> so sorry, uh, I choked there on my shot. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's. I'm glad you turned away though. Uh, everyone's represented. I think we've both mm-hmm. got what we wanted because I would have liked to give fifty cent and you would like to give Danny, but you know, yeah, we've had yeah. like a gentleman's agreement there like, yeah, without, even, so saying without even saying it. Yeah. There's such things as psychological agreements, you know. 
That's a real mm, thing. Mm. Uh, you can get sued for it and all sorts. Oh, Christ. Um, well, I don't want to get sued. No, but I yeah. I don't need to change to, our to, to Nelly. <laughs> no, no, psychological <laughs> over there. Uh, there'll, be, there'll be way more psychological stuff within this podcast. Because mm. like, I think everybody expected me when we started this podcast to just choose dance tracks. Yeah, no. Um, Last week was a bloody ballad. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. week, the week before... There was like all dance tracks apart from like one track and you picked the one that wasn't What was the, the one track? that wasn't? What did I choose? Oh, what was it again? I forget now. I know, yeah. I forget oh, now. We've mentioned the brain fog. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, right, so you've got a choice to make. You've got uh, Girls Aloud, mm. Sound of the Underground, huge track here, 50 Cent in the club, huge everywhere, especially in the club, mm-hmm. which I'm glad it was because that was probably the target audience. Uh, here's a drone. I have just realised I would love to see Cheryl in a 50 Cent video. I think that would be yeah. awesome. Like She did a Will I Am video, didn't she? Because that was the whole thing of like her... Oh, it was like a TV yeah. show, wasn't it? Yeah, The Passions of Girls Aloud. Yeah, she did that um, and was really, really good. Like She just had to dance and then that's how they met and stuff. Mm. Um, so you kind of thought a few weeks ago whenever he came to the northeast of England, he would be aware that he was in Newcastle, but yet nope. shouted... Still said Manchester, Manchester twice. twice. So... <laughs> I would love to see Cheryl in a 50 Cent video. 50 Cent's epic. I've got great memories to it. I actually have more dance floor memories to it than Sound of the Underground because I probably didn't really dance to Sound of the Underground. I would love to experience 50 Cent on a dance floor again now. Mm. Um, But yeah, my glow still for Cheryl and the crew. Curtis Light stays on. Okie doke. Lovely stuff. So, oh, this is a great pot to be in. Danny Minogue, I begin to wonder, versus Girls Aloud, Sound of the Underground. It's like reality TV from all them years ago. Liam, here's your drone. Danny could be like a sixth member, couldn't she? Imagine if 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 Girls Aloud was during X Factor's time and she was their judge. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I was thinking before as well. I've made my choice, by the way. I'm just just waffling now. Um, How, like... There's Kylie and there's Danny. Is there any more siblings? Like, what if there's like a secret Minogue? You know, because like, because they're so similar in sound. There's a brother. Swear mm. there's a brother. Does he like working like in a, like a sofa shop or something? Yeah, like literally. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a brother. Because there's always jokes about like you know the band Haim, how they're like three sisters. Mm-hmm. There's like loads of jokes about like the fourth Haim sister and stuff. Like people think it's Taylor Swift for one, because <laughs> um, they're they're so friendly with each other. But like, yeah, I just think about like if there's a third girl's allowed to stay on. By the way, but I'm just like you know if there's like a. <laughs> Like a third Minogue that just one day appeared. I swear there's a brother. I do swear there's a brother. Have either of them had kids? You what? Have, is, is, is either Minogue had children? Yeah, because Danny Minogue, remember, um, had a baby while she wasn't... Was she doing the X Factor? And then was there a guy called Chris? There was a guy called Chris. I think his name is Chris. She had a baby with him. And then I think she moved to Australia because they broke up mm-hmm. pretty much straight after she'd had the baby. I'm just thinking about the possibilities of extending the Minogue thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, Girls Aloud stays on. Sorry, just, okay, that well was done. just something I wanted to talk about. Mm. Um, Brendan Minogue. <laughs> Brendan Minogue. Yeah, I can see why he works in a... He's in a, a news cameraman. Show. Oh, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. That's not bad, is it? Imagine getting a CV, so you, you're working on TV and you get a CV with Minogue on and you go, is it? Is yeah. it? Is it? It is. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> You've got the job. I know you... You, you, you awful at working on TV, but you've got the job because yeah. all the stories and the potential to meet Kylie Minogue. Um, he is known for, and his camera days, an audience with Kylie Minogue. <laughs> oh, awful. <sighs> jobs for mates or jobs for siblings. Terrible. Uh, so we've both chosen... Well, you, you chose three. We'll do, we'll do your three. Yeah, okay. 50 Cent, Danny Minogue and The Coral, and it'll go up against whatever won last week. Yeah. 
of which you'll know, but we don't. Uh, head across to our Twitter page at TNN Pod. Also on Facebook and Instagram, you can find us there as well. And you can email us with your stuff, hello at tnnpod.co.uk. And next time, six-year-old Liam is really starting to live here. Mm-hmm. Mystique, Liberty X, Room 5, all dropping some of their biggest bangers. And it's quite a British-slash-Irish week with Blue, Westlife, Coldplay and Simply Red all making an appearance too. Nice. Nice.